Hey there. Almost every day I get asked about PCOS weight loss. This is a topic that comes up a lot and I see how hard it is to not only lose weight, but keep it off, especially with PCOS. It seems like every time you take a step forward, it's immediately followed by two steps back when it comes to weight loss and managing your symptoms as a whole. Can you relate to this? I think you can, and I'm so glad that you're here today because the last thing I want you to do is continue to struggle or try strict diets or random food rules that only make things worse for you. So I want to invite you to join me next week for a free class called Three PCOS Diet Mistakes to Avoid and What to Do Instead to Finally Lose Weight. This is a limited time opportunity to come learn how hundreds of my clients have been able to ditch diets and lose anywhere from five to 50 pounds and more with ease and joy and absolutely without cutting any foods out, neglecting their own body's needs or feeling deprived. I'm sharing important information you need to know, things like the one thing most diets do that will never work for PCOS, and I can almost guarantee you're either doing it right now or you've tried it in the past. I'm going to share why counting calories and macros is a massive waste of your time. We'll talk about how to stop cutting carbs and instead discover your carb tolerance and finally see those results. This is absolutely going to be life-changing for you. And most importantly, I'm going to show you how you can lose weight and keep it off and feel happy and healthy without ever considering another diet again. This stuff is lifelong, it's sustainable, and it's going to change your relationship with food for the better. This class is free, but you do need to save a spot. I'm offering it a few times next week and the following, so you can pick the time that's best suitable for your schedule. All you have to do is go to daphnachazen.com slash masterclass, and you'll be able to pick a time there. So again, that's daphnachazen.com forward slash masterclass. I recommend you save your spot now, and I can absolutely not wait to see you there. Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good, and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. Welcome back to today's episode. We are talking about PCOS fatigue. Not too long ago, I surveyed some of the people in my audience, and you may have been someone who replied to that survey. So thank you very much if you did do so. And one of the things that came out of the survey very prominently was fatigue, not being able to function normally in your everyday life, doing simple tasks because you're so tired, because you're so exhausted and unable to make it more than a couple hours at a time before you need a break or you need a nap or you're constantly feeling brain fog and, you know, just feeling run down and burnt out. And so regardless of how well you sleep at night, and of course, many women with PCOS do struggle with sleep, PCOS fatigue is very, very real. You may feel tired all the time and there are real and very legit reasons why this happens. 
Most of them, of course, are related to hormonal imbalances. So one thing I know from working with so many women with PCOS is that things can get so bad that, again, it's hard to do very simple things. And of course, this has an impact on your life in a variety of ways, right? With your work, with your career, with your mood, with how well you can think, when, with how well you can, you know, having energy to move around and exercise and stay healthy and relationships and all of all of that, right? Your physical, your mental health, chronic fatigue can cause a lot of frustration with your body. And that is totally understandable. So first of all, if you're feeling this way, please know that your experience is real, it's valid, and that you're not alone. And most importantly, there is a way to reverse it. There is a lot that you can do about it, even if you have no energy to do anything, right? So, because it's also a cycle, right? When you have no energy because of PCOS, because of what's happening with your hormones under the surface, you're less likely to have the energy to do things for your health and for yourself. And then things get worse, right? Your hormone fall more out of balance. And it's kind of this trap. It's this catch 22 where you can't really can't catch a break. But please know there is a way to reverse it. We can manage it. The fatigue can actually go away. Okay. I know it sounds unreal. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. I've seen it time and time again. Fatigue and energy levels are very much responsive to lifestyle changes, to nutrition changes. And that doesn't mean you have to completely overhaul your entire routine and life and nutrition and food. But there are things, and we'll talk about them today, that you can do to manage it so that you can accomplish all the things that you want to accomplish and you don't have to feel like your body's been hijacked by PCOS and by that extreme level of fatigue. Now, here's the thing. Inside my programs, no matter which one it is, Reset Your PCOS, Pause the Pounds, all of the group programs that I run and working with me one-on-one, what I've seen is that boosting your energy levels along with craving reduction, by the way, is actually one of the first things that improves. So the change can be very quick. Things can turn around for you pretty rapidly once you implement some steps. Once you do some of the things we'll talk about today, you're going to notice a big difference pretty quickly. And that's a great thing because of course it's motivating and then it feeds into the other type of cycle, which is a cycle that we do want where you're feeling motivated, you have a little bit more energy. Now you're more likely to stick with it. Now you're more likely to be consistent, double down on what's working for you, add a little bit of, you know, more healthy habits, more mindset changes, more little tweaks to your plan and you're well on your way to feeling amazing. Okay, so inside my programs, this is the first thing women see. They see their energy levels skyrocket in probably the first two to three weeks. And it's often such a shock because these individuals have been struggling for so long. And we always laugh because there's inevitably going to be someone inside the program who's gonna say, listen, I don't know what to do with all this energy. Like I've never experienced this before. I'm just cleaning my house randomly in the evening. I'm doing all kinds of things that I never had the strength and energy to do. And so we laugh that a side benefit of managing your PCOS the right way is your house is going to likely get cleaner and everybody's going to be happier. And of course, if you still have extra energy, you're welcome to come to my house and do some cleaning there as well. All right. So what is it that causes this crazy 
fatigue. Why is this happening? So I'm going to go through it briefly because these are all things that we've talked about in depth before, but today I want to tie it back to specifically fatigue, not necessarily weight loss or cravings, but energy levels. Why are energy levels such a struggle with PCOS? Well, there's a few things that are going on. The biggest and most important connection, the most significant thing is of course, insulin resistance. There are many studies showing the connection between insulin resistance, PCOS, and fatigue. It's kind of a triangle. And it makes sense because we know that when the body is insulin resistant, it's not using up insulin properly, and it's going to be harder for the cells to get their energy because energy mostly comes from food, right? We, we eat, your body breaks it down, it extracts energy, which is essentially in the form of calories, right? Calories are a currency of energy in the body. And so when you're insulin resistant, your metabolism, your digestive process, and the absorption process of those nutrients from food and specifically carbohydrates, which turn into sugar, also known as glucose, is not happening properly. And so your cells don't get energy. The sugar stays in your bloodstream and over time it accumulates, insulin accumulates, and that contributes to feelings of tiredness. That contributes to feeling like there's no energy because there is no energy. Energy is not getting into your cells, which is where most of the metabolic activity of the body is happening. So insulin resistance is at the top of the culprits for reduced energy. And the other hormonal imbalances that impact this are specifically related to sex and sex hormones like androgens, progesterone. So we know that elevated androgen levels like testosterone can disrupt sleep. And they can also lead to inflammation. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked about this, how insulin resistance and inflammation and testosterone are all related. When you have high levels of testosterone, as many women with PCOS do, you're more likely to experience inflammation in your body. And inflammation is a stressor on the body. It can cause a lot of increased cortisol levels, and that can impact your immune system. So you're not just not sleeping well because you have high androgens. We know there's a connection there but you're also experiencing inflammation over time. If androgens are not coming down, if insulin resistance is not coming down, you're going to experience inflammation. And that means your immune system is overactive. It's constantly trying to repair your body. And this can lead to feeling rundown and chronically fatigued, plus progesterone levels, which are often low in women with PCOS because there's no ovulation or not regular ovulation in some cases. Progesterone is a sleep hormone. It's a sleep promoting hormone. It's something that helps your body calm down. Okay. It works in conjunction with neurotransmitters like serotonin. It helps you feel more relaxed. So it promotes sleep. And when you're not ovulating, you don't have enough progesterone. This deficiency can lead to sleep disturbances. So as you can see, the hormones are playing a big part here. They're interrupting sleep. They're causing lack of energy in the cells. The inflammation is keeping your system running constantly, working on overtime, right? And so your body can't really catch a break. It's coming from different directions. But not to worry, we're going to go right into some tips and what you can do about it because I know that being practical and the tips I'll give you today are very easy. So we're going to keep it practical. We're going to keep it simple. And I know for sure that if you implement some of these things, not everything I'll talk about today is needed. Pick one or two things, maybe three things to practice over the next month or so. You're going to see a difference. Just take it slowly. Baby steps win this race. And believe me, when you really 
lean into your fatigue and see what's going to work for your body and not just shut down and, you know, avoid trying, it's going to happen. Okay. So it's going to take a little bit of effort on your part, but not in a way that's going to make fatigue worse. It's going to be pretty doable. Okay. So I, I hope that you find this all valuable. Okay. So I have these tips broken down into nutrition tips, mindset tips, and I call it habits. Okay. We'll get to that in a second and I'll tell you what I mean by habits. But the first portion that I want to talk about, the first aspect that I want to talk about is nutrition. Of course, I'm a dietitian and I think nutrition can pretty much fix everything. And again, take what you need, leave what you don't need, what you can do right now. It's okay. Everything is okay. Whatever you can do right now is enough. Okay. The first tip I'm going to give you as far as nutrition is you have to eat enough and you have to eat regularly. So many people are not doing this and their body is not getting fuel and it's not getting nutrition consistently throughout the day. They're eating either fasting or they're trying to cut back. They're saving up calories. They eat very large meals at night. They don't understand why they can't sleep. And then the next day they're totally depleted of energy. Don't do this. Skipping meals zaps your energy. And just like you wouldn't expect your car to go on an empty tank, you shouldn't expect your body to do that either. Your body is a sophisticated machine, but it still needs some input from you and it needs it all throughout the day, especially if you're someone who's super busy. I see this all the time. Many of my clients are professional women. They're, they're very busy. They have high power jobs. They're either going to school or they're, you know, they're in the professional world working and having a lot of demands on their energy and time but they're not feeding themselves. They're not giving themselves enough energy to sustain the amount of cognitive work and physical work sometimes that they need to do. And so the first thing I want you to think about is, are you getting consistent amounts of calories and energy and food and nutrition into your system all throughout the day? Now, this doesn't mean that you need to eat every 30 minutes. It doesn't mean that you constantly need to graze and snack. If you know anything about me and my approach, I don't support that. I don't like that at all. I think that doesn't work. So that's not what we're talking about today, but we are talking about eating on a regular schedule at pretty consistent intervals to keep the energy levels more stable. So if you're not currently doing this because your schedule doesn't allow it or you feel like you're too busy, you need to get started very slowly and make your meals super simple. Not too elaborate, not too much prep. Again, your energy is already limited. Maybe your time is limited as well. So we don't want to overwhelm. We want to create meals that are going to be easy not too labor intensive, and that's hopefully gonna prevent you from skipping meals or going too long without eating. Now, what does it mean to put some simple, healthy meals together? It means that you're very focused on blood sugar balance. Your blood sugar is what dictates your energy levels for the most part. And in order to keep it stable, the biggest priority that you wanna have is protein and produce, okay? Focus on this as much as you can and take help from the store. Every single meal should have a clear, good source of protein and a lot of produce. That's going to really help you. Now, we don't want to restrict carbohydrates. Carbs should go on your plate as well. And of course, inside all of my programs, I teach you how to make these meals really simple and healthy, but yet delicious and exciting. Okay. So we're not talking about eating a very boring grilled chicken with salad every day, right? That's not going to help you. That's going to keep you very frustrated and resentful because nobody wants to eat that every single day. So maybe 
maybe you come up with three or four protein and produce combinations for lunch because that tends to be the meal that most people skip. Maybe you're not starting your day with a breakfast that has enough protein. So you need to focus on your protein options there. Okay. But take help from the store. Okay. If being exhausted means that you're ordering food often, or you have no desire to cook, or, you know, you're coming back from work or finishing your day at home working and all you want to do, or all you have energy for is heating up a frozen pizza. We want to use some smart shortcuts from the store that offer better nutrition. They're going to provide you with a better set of nutrients to maintain your energy levels. Because like I said in the beginning, it's a cycle. If you're too tired to cook, then you're eating foods that are not as healthy. You're going for the most convenient thing. Then you're feeling less energetic because you're not getting the nutrition that you need. And then you get demotivated to prep anything healthy or a balanced meal. And so it keeps going over and over again like this. And maybe you've been there, maybe you're there right now, but I can tell you that snapping out of this cycle is easy. Take help from the store, buy a rotisserie chicken, buy a grilled piece of fish, buy things that are, you know, a salad kit or things that are kind of semi prepared for you so that all you have to do is put them together. And I recently did a a few posts on Instagram and I talked about this in some of my free workshops where we talked about kiss meals, keeping it super simple. KISS stands for keeping it super simple. And those are meals that are perfectly healthy, dietitian approved, have a ton of produce and protein, and they all come from pre-made ingredients. They all come from foods that you can buy at the store and require very little prep. And so if you want more information about this, message me or email me and I'll direct you to where you can find that workshop or that resource. But there are solutions that will not only preserve your energy, but also slowly get back or get on the right track in terms of health and eating for your blood sugar control. The next thing in terms of nutrition is filling in the gaps with balanced snacks. Snacks are super important, but they're not random. They can't be random. They need to be really strategic. So the way that you snack, what you snack on, when you snack, you need to be strategic about it because snacks can add good nutrition to your day. So snacks are an opportunity to get nutrition and nutrients that energize your body. Things like maybe magnesium from nuts and seeds or extra protein from Greek yogurt and hard boiled eggs. Maybe you're getting some extra B vitamins. Those are really important for energy levels and they come from things like crackers or even a slice of high fiber bread. So if you had a snack that had a slice of toast with some peanut butter on it and some berries on top, that would be a great way to get antioxidants, to get some B vitamins, some fiber. And that's a very energizing snack for a lot of people. Maybe not for you. Maybe you choose a different one. There are a lot of different options, but this is just an example of how snacks can add good nutrition into your day. So snacking is definitely not a bad word, but again, we don't want to be random about it. We don't want to just haphazardly eat a handful of pretzels and a couple pieces of Halloween candy. And those are about a year old at this point. So, you know, like we want to be mindful. We don't want to just do it. I always tell people, you don't want it to just happen to you. Like eating shouldn't just happen, right? You need to be intentional. You need to think about it and be a little bit strategic. And that's going to build up your energy back to a normal level. Now, snacks also help level off any blood sugar spikes in your day. So when you level off blood sugar spikes, you're also preventing crashes because the higher your blood sugar goes after a meal or snack, 
the more it crashes, the faster and lower it crashes. And so when you insert a snack between lunch and dinner or between breakfast and lunch, it prevents you from hitting that low, that feeling where you have like a hole in your stomach, you have a ton of cravings, you you can't think, maybe you're even getting blurry vision. Those are clear signs of blood sugar fluctuations. And some of my clients get nauseous. Some of my clients have brain fog. They can't think. It can be really scary. And so you want to provide the body with energy that it can use to prevent those blood sugar spikes. And of course, we want to make sure that we're not eating things that are too refined or things that don't offer a lot of nutrition in terms of snacks. So, you know, most crackers, chips, pretzels, they can be included, but pair them with something else that offers a little bit more quality. So maybe you pair them with fruit or Greek yogurt or some slices of deli meat for protein, right? It's okay to eat those things, but we got to know how to portion them. We got to know how to pair them. And we also have to be really strategic about when we eat them, because again, we don't want those dips. Those types of foods get digested and absorbed very quickly. Okay. So they're very refined. They contain, you know, pretty empty calories. And as soon as you eat something like this, It's not only going to lead to hunger very quickly after you eat it, but it also is going to dip your energy within minutes. And that's, again, a sign of blood sugar pattern that's not wave-like. You know, we want blood sugars that are wave-like. They go up and down. They're a nice, smooth curve. They're not like sharp peaks and valleys. We don't want the highs and lows throughout the day very sharp rises and very sharp dips in your blood sugar and energy levels mean you're hungry, you're cranky, you're moody. And, you know, those are some signs that you can look for after you eat a meal. 30 minutes later, you can eat another meal. And again, of course, this all impacts your energy because if you're hungry, you don't have enough energy. And if you're having brain fog and if you're feeling moody and anxious, that zaps your energy as well. And so blood sugar control is really important for that. And snacks can play a role in keeping blood sugar controlled. On that note, I want you to be mindful of snacks and beverage with added sugar, because again, that will have probably the biggest impact on your energy levels. So specifically, I see a lot of women drinking things like fancy coffees from Starbucks, frappuccinos, things like that. And of course, you know, snacks that contain added sugar. So candy, cookies, baked goods, again, It can even be healthy things like a protein bar or yogurt can have a lot of added sugar. So I'm not saying don't eat them. Again, you can pair them, you can portion them, you can think about, you know, when do you really want these things, but also peek at the label, look at what's coming into your body from the food, and maybe you can pick a different option that's a little bit lower in added sugar. You know, maybe there's a frappuccino that has a third or half of the amount of sugar as your regular, maybe you can make some tweaks to it. And so keeping in mind the added sugar content can make a big difference on your energy levels. And that goes from drinks, snacks, and even healthy things. So it's always a good idea to look at the label. Another thing I wanted to mention here is just other nutrients. Sometimes PCOS fatigue is linked to nutritional deficiencies that are specific to the condition. So women with PCOS often have heavy periods, which can lead to anemia. So maybe an iron supplement is needed. I had a client a couple months ago who started taking an iron supplement. She said it was like a magic pill and her iron levels were not low, right? When we looked at her labs, it took a little bit of finessing and thinking about different things 
And her doctor, of course, didn't tell her there's anything wrong. But when she started taking the iron, she felt a lot better. It was really a shift in her energy right away. And she slept better too. And so things are not always as they seem upon labs. And sometimes your doctor may overlook certain things. But if you know that you're not feeling well and energy levels are not right and not sufficient for you to do basic things in your day, looking at iron, especially if you have heavy periods, is a really good idea. If you are taking metformin, a lot of women don't realize metformin can deplete your B12 levels. And so again, if you're taking metformin, have been taking it for years, it may be a good idea to add a B12 supplement. Of course, consult your doctor first, but many women with PCOS are B12 deficient. And then we also know that women with PCOS are 19 times more likely to be magnesium deficient. And magnesium is a great mineral for a million different things. It's not only excellent for blood sugar control, which of course is related to energy levels, but it also helps promote sleep. So if your sleep isn't great, if you're falling asleep or waking up, or if you have a hard time falling asleep, a magnesium supplement is something you can look into. Again, always consult a healthcare professional before starting but the magnesium, B12, iron, those are things that oftentimes can make fatigue worse. And so we want to be mindful of that. Okay, moving on to talking about habits. This is a big area that a lot of people are lacking in just because we're not taught to do this. We're not taught how to establish habits and we're certainly not taught how to manage our time well and that can feed into fatigue. So of course, again, we have the hormonal driving forces. Those are very powerful acting underneath the surface all the time. The way that your day is designed, the way that you spend your time, the habits that you have can really impact your energy levels. They can support your energy levels or deplete your energy levels. And that's why we're talking about it today. The thing that I think is most important here is to create routines, simple routines, especially around your morning. So the time you wake up and your evening routine when you go to bed and try to maintain them as consistent and regular as possible. Your schedule should be pretty predictable and day to day things should look pretty much the same. When every day looks different, it could be very taxing on your brain and lead to burnout and lead to fatigue because you're constantly in this fight or flight mode trying to think about what's next and what do I have to do? And there's a lot of uncertainty. Having a consistent schedule can really free up your brain space and reduce that overwhelm. And so how do we do this? How do we even get started? Well, the first step that I recommend you take is to think about your current routine and whether your routine is energizing or draining. Do you dread waking up in the morning and having to do all the things on your to-do list? Do you have a set schedule that you can follow easily or is it always like you're flying by the seat of your pants and it's kind of like shit hits a fan in the middle of the day and there's never a, a break, right? Think about your day right now and maybe you even do something called a time audit where you're writing down how you spend your day. You take three days, you keep a notebook of what you did, how long it took, what time it was, and just describe the activities and the, the things that you do in your day. What are you really doing? And do all of these things need to be done by you? Right? That's another question. Are you the person who does these things solely? Does it need to be delegated to someone else? Is there someone else that needs to be involved in what you're doing, right? And are all of the things that you're doing important? And are they all urgent and need to be done today, right? So thinking about what am I doing, how long it's taking, 
Am I repeating the same schedule routines more or less every single day? And are all the things that I'm doing really important and urgent? So maybe you discover that you're spending a lot of time grocery shopping. Maybe you're going to the grocery store multiple times a week. That is probably a waste of time and a stressor that you don't need, right? So can we get those groceries delivered? Can you sit down and make a list that's going to prevent multiple trips? Can someone else make dinner three times a week? How much time are you spending maybe on social media and how is that impacting your mental health? Do you go on social media and you leave there feeling drained and exhausted and mentally depleted and now the rest of your day is looking like that, right? Maybe it's time for a little bit of a digital detox to unplug a little bit, give your brain a break from those devices and all that information overload. A lot of your physical fatigue and things that you may be experiencing in terms of your energy levels can be worsened by mental fatigue. So yes, hormones are mostly responsible for this, but are your habits feeding into feeling more exhausted or are they preserving your energy? That's a big question that I want you to think about. So the first step is to, to think on it, maybe journal a little bit about it audit how you're spending your time, and then you can take all of these things into account and extract only the important essential activities in your day and create some sort of a flow for yourself that will not only leave you more energized, you'll be more efficient, you won't be wiped out. And over time, what this is going to create is autopilot. The more tasks that you can do on autopilot by having a set routine that you can repeat, the less energy you'll spend doing those things. Hopefully this all makes sense. And then don't forget that part of that routine, probably the most important part of your routine is breaks. You need to take scheduled breaks every single day. So what would that look like for you? Maybe every two to three hours, you take a 10 minute stretch break or you go outside and you just kind of rest your eyes. I do this all the time. I go outside, I sit on my deck in the backyard and I just spend 10 minutes taking a break resting my eyes from being on the computer or reading emails on my phone or being on Zoom calls where, you know, if you're on a Zoom call where people need stuff from you and you're constantly, you know, people are competing for your energy and your attention and you have a, a task list that you need to get through, it's okay. 10 minutes are not going to make a difference. Take the break, rest your eyes, clean your head. Your brain needs it. Your brain needs a break. Okay. Now, you're going to schedule the breaks. You're going to add activities that support your health into your routine too, because that's important. The whole point of freeing up your time is that you can use it better. So maybe you have time now that you've audited your schedule and you saw that there are a lot of things you can shave off 10 minutes, 15 minutes here and there, maybe three times a, a day, you shave off 10 minutes. Once you do the audit, that's 30 minutes that maybe you can do light meal prep. Maybe you take that break and eat without multitasking. You're being mindful. You're not reading your emails as you eat or balancing your checkbook or whatever it is that you multitask during food time. Take that time for yourself having some time to wind down at night so you can fall asleep faster and sit, stay asleep. Use that time more wisely to support your health, okay? And some of the best routines and habits are the ones that make health more automatic for you. And so maybe that means that you cleared up 30 minutes after your lunchtime to take a walk and you do this most days, maybe not every day, but three times a week 
right? And you always attach those two things together. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, after lunch, you block 30 minutes and you take a walk outside, right? Stuff like that can enter into your routine, can be built into your schedule in a way that makes it very autopilot. And that's how a habit is formed. And over time, you know, giving yourself that time back is going to energize you because you're doing something that's balancing your hormones. Don't forget, this all comes down to can you balance your hormones? Can you do things that will reduce insulin resistance, reduce the inflammation, right? Promote your body towards ovulation, okay? So these are all things that are going to restore your energy levels very, very quickly with small tweaks. And again, I just want to remind you, not everything I just listed needs to be done by you today, right? This is, you know, a lot of people make this mistake of setting huge goals, making very extreme changes in the name of health, and then they completely max their energy out and their time. And within a week or so, they're back to square one. They're throwing in the towel and they're not doing any of it, okay? So the idea of getting healthy is good. The execution needs to be good too. Don't go all balls to the walls and kind of like burn yourself out. We want to be baby steps about it. We want to take small steps. We want to make it something that builds over time, one thing at a time, one day at a time. That's how it's done. And that's how it lasts. Okay. So let's do this for the long haul, not just for the next month. So it's totally okay to start off slow. It's totally okay to pick just one or two things that maybe I mentioned today and run with it. Go with that. Double down. Build upon that over time. This is not a race. There's no deadline for your results. There's no deadline on your health. Whatever you can do is enough. Just make sure that you're consistent. Whatever you do needs to be doable and sustainable for the long haul. And so that's the key. And then last but certainly not least, we have to talk about mindset. Protecting your energy means that you're changing your mindset. And if you're someone who hasn't had boundaries before, this is the time to think about setting some firm boundaries, okay? And that means that if you have energy vampires in your life, those are the people who leave you feeling depleted every time you meet with them, every time you talk to them. You may not be able to eliminate them from your life. If you can and they don't, they're not important, please do. But if not, if they are family, if they're someone that you do want in your life, but maybe right now they're exhausting you. Set some boundaries around when you're seeing them, what topics you talk about, how often you see them, right? We want to make sure that you're very much protective of your mental health and your energy. And that means maybe you say no to people and it's okay. No is a complete sentence. You want to be assertive and that's very different than being selfish. So when you say no and when you set the boundaries, you're assertive, you're communicating what you need, but of course you're doing it politely and you want to preserve those relationships. So just keep in mind that it's okay to say no, it's not selfish because it means that you can show up better and you can have better relationships with those people later on when you're feeling better. And so you are important enough to do this. You need to kind of take yourself to the top of the priority list and saying no to what's not serving you anymore is a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's necessary because if you're not well, if you have no energy, if your PCOS is not under control, you none of these people can benefit from all your amazingness and all your greatness. And so you're a pretty special, important person. So this is your permission to kind of quit the side hustle as a people pleaser. If you're someone who tends to do things to please other people, this is your permission slip, not that you need it from me, but just in case it resonates today, 
You have permission to quit that side hustle. Don't be a people pleaser. Say no, set the boundaries, communicate yourself in an assertive way. Say what you want and what you need. That's going to help preserve your energy, which is the ultimate goal. And then on a more personal level, right? Just you, you and you, let's let go of perfectionism. Okay. I see a lot of women. I work with a lot of women who are type A. Okay. And I totally relate because I'm type A too. So we're all vibing very well together. And perfectionism is big. Trying to do things the right way, exactly and precisely the right way and multitasking and putting a ton of stuff on your plate and taking on more and more and more. Try not to do it all because again, your energy levels just can't sustain that. So we want to prioritize our stuff. We want to break it up into chunks of work over time. We don't need to be a perfectionist who does everything today at 100%, okay? Very few people can carry that for a long time, okay? So not everything is urgent. Not everything is even important. Like we said before, a big part of preserving your energy, especially if it's limited, is listening to your body, realizing that it's okay to take breaks. It's okay to spread out your work across the whole day or the week or the month, whatever it is that is relevant for you. And realizing that some days are going to be harder. Some days your energy levels are going to be low. And you're not a robot. That is normal. We want to listen to your body. So on a day that your energy levels are low, you're not going to do the same amount and quality and type of work that you're used to doing on a day where you feel great. Okay. It just doesn't make sense. And so allow yourself to listen to your body as much as you can, as much as your job allows or other circumstances in your life allow. And those are the days that you want to rest without feeling guilty and kind of take the pressure off to do a hundred million things simultaneously, because again, that just adds fuel to the fire. And so as far as the mindset, I think boundaries, saying no, letting go of perfection are the big things that I wanted to mention as far as energy levels. And these are really pretty simple things. I'm not saying they're easy, especially if you're not used to doing them. It's going to take time and practice to master it, but they're simple. They can be done. They're doable. And so think about what I mentioned today. I'm going to recap it in a second and maybe go with two or three things that are going to be very relevant and impactful for you. And I'd love for you to try them and see how you feel in three or four weeks. So let's recap. We talked about nutrition and that was eating enough, eating regularly, giving your body the fuel that it needs, creating meals that balance your blood sugar. Filling in the gaps with balanced snacks. We talked a lot about what that would look like. And then thinking about some other nutrients that you may be lacking. Then we talked about habits, creating simple routines that include some movement, taking breaks, reducing what's on your plate in terms of tasks and commitments. And of course, if sleep is an issue, we didn't go so deeply into that. But I have an entire episode that I did recently with a wonderful sleep medicine doctor. Her name is Audrey Wells, and she's a sleep expert, and she gave some excellent tips in that conversation. So that was episode 122. Go back and listen to it if sleep is an issue. And then, of course, we talked about boundaries, mindset, letting go of perfection, being more assertive, saying no, not pleasing people at the expense of your own energy, taking those breaks again, and then slowing down to speed up, right? Don't burn yourself out. You're hormones are very sensitive to stress and we want to go at a pace that won't add fuel to the fire of inflammation and stress and insulin resistance. Again, these are all related. All of those things feed into each other. And that's another episode I did very recently. It's 
episode 128, it was two episodes ago, where I talked about how all of these things are feeding into each other. And so your energy levels are very much dependent on your hormone balance and your hormone balance is dependent on what's happening day to day with your stress and sleep and nutrition. And so please use what you learned here today to start managing your energy levels better. I hope that your fatigue is much improved and it's not as debilitating. And I would love to hear some of your thoughts and comments on today's episode. And if you picked a couple habits to follow, let me know what those are. You can find me on Instagram. I'll put some links below where you can connect with me. And I hope to see you here again next week. Bye.